The year is 1985. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, variant cover A for the year 1985. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, and today we will be talking about the Marvel Comics of 1985. This is My Marvelous Year, the show we go through Marvel Comics from its origins to today, reading curated lists as created originally over on Comic Book Herald. So today I'm going to be talking about uh, listener questions some poll results this is a whoa 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 whoa. i'm getting a little introduced getting a little feedback on the mic hang on this is let me take on my headphone this is getting really chattery here uh is there somebody there hello oh oh shoot i i forgot i have a very special guest on today's uh oh my goodness i'm so embarrassed i can't believe i did that very special guest on today's variant cover uh he has some of the lushest I, that's not a word, but it applies here. Some of the lushest hair I've ever seen. It's oh, Zach Dean. Hello. Hey, how's it? Hey, I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, you came in so strong. You came in so strong. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm mad now, so the yeah. energy's off. Yeah, yeah, energy off. All right, that's, forget, uh, that's our subtitle. Bring me back up, Dave. Massage me with your words. Well, we are going to talk today about some listener questions. We are going to do some character. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Um, new characters in the My Marvelous Year Shared Universe. Some updates mm-hmm. and per- perhaps some new ones. And if you uh, want to hear the thing we just recorded on this here live episode, and you're a patron, you're a supporter at patreon.com slash year, you can go find that over at patreon.com slash year. It's our Bad Comics Special Number 2, where Zach and I just talked about uh, the comic Tarot Witch of the Black Rose. And if you like hearing about extremely horny comic books that is the special for you in the meantime we're going to keep it significantly more um censored here on my marvelous year proper as we talk uh, a little bit marvel comics a little bit this and that and you know just what's going on what's going on in our day-to-day no we don't talk about that that's not part of the show right we don't so, do that. Someone in the Slack just asked me, is Terror Witch of the Black Rose on Marvel Unlimited? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought he was joking, and I wrote yes, and he was just like, I went and looked. It's not there. <laughs> Good question. No, that is, uh, we did cover a non-Marvel comic. We do do that on occasion, Zach and I. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we do have two Marvel podcasts going right now. One, My Marvelous Year, which you're listening to, and the other is My Ultimate Year, where we do read through the Marvel Ultimate Universe, uh, every single comic. You can check that out at My Ultimate Year, which is now available via Apple, Spotify, all your podcast players of choice. Uh, If you would so consider leaving a rating and review for either My Marvelous Mm -hmm. Year or My Ultimate Year, or both, that would be hugely beneficial, and we would very much appreciate it. Oh, and as always, issues for upcoming comics we're going to be talking about can be found in the show notes. And we do read uh, the vast majority of these through Marvel Unlimited, which is the easiest digital option. So I uh, I put up a poll this time. Have you seen this? Okay. Oh yeah. Did you comment on this? Why don't you Why don't you tell me what it is? All right. What is the best costume upgrade so far? So we've I think got you Daredevil, asked me this on an episode, red right? Costume change. What? I think you asked me this on an episode, and I I think at the time I said we talked we Wolverine talked about this had not gone Spider-Man's brown costume suit, yet. I didn't I didn't put it up at the time. Okay. What's the What's the I was wrong. Is all I want to say there. I got no prized on that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Daredevil's yellow the red costume change. Spider-Man's new black suit. Iron Man from gray to red, yellow, oh, no. clunky Stop to modern it. design. Right? He kind of progresses slowly. Hawkeye classic to the nipple strap Goliath costume. Oh, nip strap. 100%. Yeah. And uh, or the gray Hulk to green Hulk. <laughs> Those gray Hulk stands out there. All right. This one seems obvious, but let, tell me uh, how Daredevil yellow to red did. So uh, we go last place. Gray, gray Hulk to Green Hulk. Yeah. With a couple votes. Uh, second place. This was pretty surprising. Or not second place. Second to last place was a tie between Hawkeye, his nipple strap costume, and Spider-Man's black suit. People like 
Hawkeye's nipple costume as much as they do the black suit. That's that's a little What's wild. What's going on? Yeah, I get that, but that's yeah, a little wild. Then by a big margin, up to second place is the Iron Man suit, and then just wouldn't buy a little bit, Daredevil. Which makes sense to me. That Daredevil costume is pretty good, and it was kind of hard to look at before. I could very much see the uh, 2020 ongoing written by Chip Zdarsky doing a yellow Daredevil costume sequence, if it hasn't already, frankly. Um, that yeah, would actually you gotta, be pretty like, appealing. I think you got to shade it right, because like, that original coloring was like... No, I think the brighter the better. hard to look at. I'm a big yellow guy. Red in it, I, that, like, I, I, red I like yellow, yellow. In, in inappropriate places, I've always yeah, said. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, that was our poll. You can vote for those on Patreon if you're uh, you know, backing us for a buck a month. Oh, I should mention, I don't know if I mentioned this already, the spreadsheet now is a dollar a month on Patreon. So if you want access to the master spreadsheet, it's only a dollar a month now. Nice. Um, all right, we've got some questions here on the Slack. Uh, DeShaney writes, after having read the Sin Eater saga and another, and thus another acclaimed gritty down-to-earth arc, what type of story do you like the most? This more grounded style, e.g. Miller's Daredevil, Demon in a Bottle, or the first secret empire from the 70s, or the bonkers over-the-top stories with cosmic entities, negative zones, parallel universes, and ludicrously high stakes, Thanos, Celestial Madonna, or the Korvac saga, or something in between like Spider-Man or Iron Man. My take on this, I feel in public opinion that more extreme stories in both directions of the scale get more attention or more likely to be remembered than the normal stories most people would associate with superhero comics. Do you agree, and why do you think that is? Uh, well, I, I don't think it's that easy to silo a no, lot of I these stories, either. frankly, or I guess more specifically, like, my enjoyment of comics is not quite so easy to silo. Like, it would it would be a really weird thing we're to say that, like, man. yeah, we're so complicated. No, it'd be really weird to say, like, yeah, I just like the grim and gritty runs. <laughs> like, that would yeah, be so strange. Sure. Um, I like uh, I aspects mean, of all of like those, obviously. DC movies. <laughs> I mean, there is that. No, but even that is, like, that's not... Well, I guess there... Okay, there are public floggings of individuals who say things like... You know, I don't like quips, right? I think is an example that surfaced recently, <laughs> which is like, weird thing not to like, right? What a humorless existence. Um, but I think in our general enjoyment of Marvel Comics, there's a little bit, little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think mm-hmm. generally I fall head over heels for the cosmic side of things maybe a little bit easier than I would like street level, I think. Mm-hmm. And maybe you might be the opposite. Does that seem fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's easier for a street level story to work for me and the cosmic one's they have to work a little harder for it. You know, because there's cosmic level stuff I adore, you know, like everything that Starlin did. Yeah. But uh, I often check out of that stuff much easier than I do the uh, the more ground level stuff. And I think it's just purely a, like, these are more human stories, right? Like, a, a Peter Parker story is always going to at least kind of smack of like, yeah, I kind of get that guy. I understand what's going on. Sure. Rom right. Space Knight might just be like, you know, it's so disconnected from anything that I can feel as stakes. Of right? all the like Space Knights so- I've ever met... I've never met one more human. What's that from? Is that a line? Oh, Zach, you're breaking my heart. I'm sure I got that very wrong. I was trying to do a Star Trek thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think one element of this, because the only the only category here that really gets backlashed today is um, uh, Grim and Gritty, right? Like, that is that is used as a negative often, I think, in a lot of ways, because... It's it speaks potentially of an era or of a style that maybe needs to progress that hasn't progressed maybe as much as it should, um, or speaks to elements of fandom that are definitely more negative or toxic or it can right. I do think yeah. the thing that people often forget is like stuff that gets the grim and gritty category categorization in the eighties. Stuff like Miller's Daredevil that we read, stuff like Dark Knight Returns, stuff even like Watchmen, is like there's a lot of humanity. And a lot of, of yeah. characterization. And in the case of, like, the Miller stuff, there's actually a lot of humor. Funny. That, uh, yeah, right? I, I actually kind of, like, buck a little against the idea that that is grounded or that gritty. Like, gritty gritty is the, like, I don't know, a describer for, like, Hawk and Dove, right? Or not Hawk and Dove. That's DC. Um, Cloak and <laughs> you're Dagger. A huge, you're a huge the, uh... Rob Liefeld Hawk and Dove guy, New 52 style. <laughs> just can't get enough of it. And, boy, I haven't read it, but I'm just guessing. It's grim and gritty, baby. Top notch. That blue. How can it not be with those costumes? Yeah. Yeah, because like gr- gritty kind of just means like no, it's dealing with the real stuff, right? Like this is like you know I don't know. He's fighting a guy with a needle, like junkies with needles still dangling out of their arm. Like, it's like trying <laughs> that's to be. It's a, like, a tough way to fight too. You know. Right. Yeah. That that kind of thing. And Miller's Daredevil. Miller is going to get there for sure. Miller is going to start leaning into this kind of like 
you know, arch criminality thing. But I don't think Daredevil is that really. Then that's kind of well. Okay, but that. but here's the thing: is you haven't read Born Again with us yet because that's coming no, in 1986, I and I do I've think heard. that so Born Again is a really interesting test case because I think one, it's Frank Miller leaning way more heavily into grim and gritty, right, and that's that sort of ethos. And two, uh, I I'm just kind of perpetually interested at this point in Marvel editor Tom Brevoort, who's been with Marvel forever, saying that in the Marvel offices. They were debating the objective best Marvel comic of all time, and there was some some sort of consensus around Daredevil Born Again. Um, so we'll have to talk about it when we talk about the issue in the 1986 coverage. For my money, I th- my memory of this is I actually like the original first run of Miller on Daredevil uh, more mm-hmm. than The Return. It's not like I think Born Again is bad. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I actually like the original stuff more because there is more humor integrated into mm-hmm. it. I think, but I will be curious I mean, guts, to see what like, you think. That Guts Nelson issue is hilarious, right? Guts and it's hilarious because it's Absolutely. grounded in a humanity, too, right? Like, that's why that comic works so well, is that those characters just, like, pop. And you, like, all those little somewhat inconsequential characters just work because they feel really grounded in, like, a psychology. And I don't know if I want to say empathy, but, like, I feel like you can't kind of get that feeling. I mean, I, I kind of think so, because I feel like even Kingpin gets, you know, some kind of empathy for... Um, for who he is like there, there's a nuance to kingpin there that i think we haven't seen before i'd say um, the most nuanced character in the run is turk is stilt man you know i would say like he's definitely the deepest and connected with I mean, me on a human the, level the most uh that love, issue was also i love him as stilt man. awesome that's my right. favorite stilt man issue it's a good one because yeah. you know he makes just a real ass of himself um all right you. let's move on we got a lot of a lot of questions you. here dave coleman writes um he writes this thing about absolute vision and ozymandias which are both uh big villains uh, turning to like extreme measures. He says, my question is, do you get the sense that Marvel wants to touch on these more challenging and controversial ideas uh, or is afraid to take them to their logical conclusions or to damage one of their longstanding characters doing so? Is Marvel's never-ending format ill-suited to that kind of storyline? So he's talking about the kind of like, you know, big, like Ozymandias sweeping in and, you know, killing all these people and Vision, you know, it like brought him to the brink and then halted that in uh, Absolute Vision. There's there's always a little fear. That's an undercurrent yeah. in, in Marvel stories at this point, you know? Like, it's this sure. never-ending story, and with very few exceptions, things tend to get reset, you know, once yep. the story is done. So I, I yeah. think there's always a little there's a little bit of carefulness, you could call it fear, depending on the topic, um, in terms of playing it safe, right? They're operating at a scale and in a style of storytelling that doesn't really sustain or support... Um, that sort of self-contained Watchmen-type narrative, right? Like, it's just generally not what they're doing. Now, we're going to see coming very soon in our coverage things like Squadron Supreme, which get to exist as 12-issue stories that get to tackle big ideas. So I, I think with within the Marvel Universe, like, I think it's still the challenge of the creators to say, how are we tackling big ideas? How are we tackling difficult ideas? How are we tackling characterization and diversity and all of these things? that need to be a part of the universe. Um, but there is also that, like, vision. They don't get to do the vision rules the world plot at this point in time, right? That's a thing that would only happen in a very good comic like Invincible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No argument from me. Bringing it full circle. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me see. I got one more here. I'm going to jump to an email from Dan uh, Dan writes, Hey, Dave and Zach, we've been reading some great creator runs in the club. To give Zach the embar- opportunity to show off his excellent taste in comics once again, I'm curious... Who's writing this? Write Did you write this? Dan wrote this. No. Oh, it's sarcastic. My number one Okay, fan. that makes more sense. Um, So he, he put a list of comics here, and he wants us to rank them. <laughs> uh, there's like 12. How big is the list? Um, I've probably already ranked it. On comicbookherald.com slash the best comics of all time, with a hyphen in between each word in the best comics of all time. I'm just going to say my top three here miller's daredevil stands out on top for me um he doesn't have starlin in here which is my number two and panther's rage is my number three Ooh, panther's rage and starlin are like tied for two and three to me um yeah yeah Sorry, i can't Dan, argue gonna... too hard with that i like starlin more but i love panther's rage so sure it's real it's real close yeah um yeah that probably just depends on the day uh last place i would definitely put ooh simonson's thor and then right above that is secret Wars 2, and then above that is Dazzler the movie, I think. No, I'm just kidding. I like Simonson's Thor. God. I don't just... like what you're doing. 
This gag is no, not. No, I mean it's fun. a joke because like people are like, "Man, he hates Simon's and Thor," and I'm like, "No, it's like an, it's like a solid eight out of 10. Yeah, but I think the <laughs> I think the thing with you that makes you yeah. so bad <laughs> is <laughs> is you led like a... with the criticism. You lead with the criticism, and then everybody's like, yeah, "Oh, fair. he hates it." Well, and the then later you're like, "Yeah, by the say, way, like... it's pretty good." <laughs> I mean, the point is like. Who cares what I have to say about Simons and Thor, except for, like, critiques? Because, like, if you want someone just to praise Simons and Thor, go look literally everywhere. Because you won't find people critiquing it. You will just find unabashed, like, gushing praise everywhere. Zach, so you will like, never hear me say, you will never hear me say, don't criticize a thing. No, not you, but, like... No, no, I'm just world. saying because otherwise this show would be so boring. It would no, just it would be, totally be two of us going, like, oh, yeah, that prom- comic's pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. I mean, I agree. I've listened to podcasts like that. I think that's why a lot of podcasts are not that engaging. So they're afraid to stomp on these holy cows. Holy cows. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's why yeah, we're different an and, uh, and we're special, right, in the comics podcasting community, which is uh, what many of our reviews are saying. If you haven't seen them, go over to iTunes and consider leaving God. a rating and review yourself for My Marvelous Year or My Ultimate Year, right? Uh, yes, correct. Aaron writes. We got we got to get through these. We have so many. Yeah. I got a question for you. What's your swearing problem? What is your swearing problem, Zach? I would like okay. to know as well because you can't seem to stop yourself these days, and it's running out of control. Hey, I just had an interview with the um, creator Steve Orlando, very good writer. Ooh, very we talked about his yeah. upcoming uh, graphic novel, which will come out I think in October. Kill a man, which is a yeah. queer led MMA story. It's a really interesting conversation. But Steve is also one who's got himself a swearing problem. And what I had to do in the podcast is I had to put in big punching noises for all the cusses, or for a lot of them, <laughs> at least, um, which a was both good... kind of, it tickled me and made me laugh, uh, but it was also like, why am I doing this? <laughs> this takes a lot you, of time. Do you, cuss, do you cuss a lot in your daily, day-to-day life? No. Uh, this should not okay. be a surprise to you. We've talked about this before. I don't know. I, I cuss quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm quite the cusser, the mother cusser. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm actually pretty proud of myself for like, I, I can turn that real. <laughs> Is it offensive to call this code switching? <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> good. I'm going to I'm going to say not yeah. good. Well, I only in the way I think. I mean, code switching is like a psychological concept. It usually gets talked about in the terms of race, but it is like you can talk about it. Like I'm in my work code and my home code. You know, like all these different codes you use. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But I mean, it is. I I just turn on my like I'm around my parents code <laughs> when I'm recording the podcast, except for all the horny talk. See, I don't all have to because talk. I'm so appropriate and professional all the time. Yeah, you know, not me. I'm a bad boy. Like I'm just always right. business. I'm a businessman. Know what I'm saying? Peter asks, if there were a My Marvelous Year cinematic universe, what would your dream castings be for the characters? Okay, so I thought about this. I don't think this is a good idea to do. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. I'm sorry. Before we get into this question, I haven't addressed the chat yet, but I do see the chat on the Twitch of the live stream, and Mm -hmm. I see talk of The Last of Us, and I swear... If any of you spoil that game for me, I will shut down the stream. I will turn it off, and I will go to my PlayStation, and I will cry. Okay? All right. I just want to throw that out there. Zach, please yeah, please, please just build up more expectations, because if there's anything I've heard about that game, it's that your expectations should just be so high to not be disappointed. Yeah, sky-high <laughs> expectations never uh, never crumble, as we've talked Especially about. Especially with that. Have yeah. you played those games? Yeah. Or have you played the original, I guess I should say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Did you play the it's new one? Game. I have not. Okay. I, will, I will wait till it is... Ten dollars, and then maybe play it. Whoa! Um, you got some patience. Good for you. Yeah, I mean that, that's what I do with most games. It's a good way to play more games. All right. So, and this has been Zach's these... advice on games. It's true, man. Patient, patient gamers is a subreddit specifically for that. And like, <laughs> that's good. A, yeah, it's a smart, it's a smart move. You wait one year, and you will. That's like, basically what Comic Herald is. Three times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So casting these characters. Uh, I think it's more fun if people cast their individual characters because I was thinking about just, I was just like, well, all I'm going to cast is Peter's character, right? I'm not going to do anyone else. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Because like, you know, I can't think of that many. I don't have the, <laughs> that's a big question to do. And then I had the hardest time doing it. And I realized it's because one, I have no visual reference for him. I don't have any physical reference. Like it's not casting a, you know, someone I've seen in a comic book. Well, we do and have then, uh, the artwork that was done for the Slack, correct? That's that's true. I could go off of that, except you know he's he's masked in that. Um, and then also like I don't know the race of these characters. Are they white because the people who bought them are white, or are they black because the people who bought them are black? There's a bunch of stuff. So I think it's best to leave this up to each individual. Uh, but I will give you yours, Peter. It's Danny Puddy. 
from Community. Ah. Yeah, the actor who plays Abed. He's uh, this is the colossal chick colossal man. Chick this man. is your vision yep. for the colossal chick. Yep. I, I like so. it. My wife just uh, rewatched like all of Community, so I caught a bunch mm. vicariously yet again. Yeah. Um, and uh, Danny Pudi is awesome in that. Very very funny. It's funny. I like that casting. Um, and then Kyle asks. What Marvel characters peel the crust off their bread when making a sandwich? I say only nerds do that, and I, so Rick I, Jones. That is such a... Yeah. I, I just can't just, get my head around anyone doing that to the point that I couldn't possibly ascribe that to a Marvel character. Like, it's so mm. bewildering to me. I don't know. Is that how you okay, feel about drinking gonna, milk? Like, is this is this what you feel like when people are like... All this is going to come up, come up later. Okay. <laughs> what? That's a. Uh, Both ominous. Rick Jones and milk. They're coming up soon. Oh, okay, so Peter uh, he, Peter also wrote an email saying, uh, thanks for streaming this episode later in the day so that I and others out West can join in. Uh, he has been talking about, I'm going to shorten this because he writes long emails. He's basically saying that with the MCU integrating mutants and Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, they're integrating stories that may have already taken place. Uncle Ben, Phoenix, Apocalypse, etc. Um it's a bummer that maybe some of this didn't get to be used in the MCU. What plots and characters from earlier Marvel movies less and thus more unlikely to be used in the MCU do you wish had been saved until now? Are there still some that you think are worth pulling in? Well, I mean, I think something like it, basically anything in the Fantastic Four movies, like Doctor Doom or Galactus, is so like pretty universally reviled that I don't yep. think that's actually an impediment to them being used again. So, sure. you know, I, I don't think they really fit the really category easy. here because yeah. there's no doubt to my mind that if you integrate the Fantastic Four, you're still going to do Doctor Doom and Galactus uh, mm -hmm. MCU style and and do it much better. So that I'm not worried about. I would say the one that stands out the most to me in recent years is definitely the Dark Phoenix saga because it's been tried like kind of twice, you know, once and a half, I guess, really, if you count yeah. uh, X-Men 3, which I would say we should. And... um. That one to me is like, that's been done enough and done recently that I don't anticipate the X one would move in that direction again. Personally, that's more than okay. Because it's like, that's not... Yeah. that What the MCU does really well that I like a lot is it, and probably I've said this, is it takes elements from those big canonical stories and then it mashes a bunch of things together and makes it its own mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah. So Infinity Gauntlet is not a translation <clears throat> of the comic book event, Infinity Gauntlet, and thank goodness right like infinity war oh, is better i still i still hold out a little bit of uh resentment that they didn't turn it into like the thanos trying to impress death as a subplot because i think that could have been real fun yeah but i mean sure but that's an approach to the character that was handled yes, differently yes, yes. you could make plenty of arguments no like i'm, that, ha I'm but... happy with what it is and i'm not you know i'm not gonna say they screwed up by not putting it in there <laughs> that would have been I, I think i i'm glad that they didn't actually um because of all of the the, just the difficulties and the challenges of making that a part of his character that the movie would not have had time to address appropriately. Yeah, um, that's true. It's already overstuffed. Yeah. Yeah. So, anywho, I would say Dark Phoenix Saga, I don't see getting adapted again. I'm actually not that bummed out about that necessarily um, because X-Men has a gazillion other directions you can go that are plenty good. Uh, do you have any thoughts here? I don't really accept maybe the Green Goblin. I'd be happy to see it. I mean, Willem Dafoe is just like, I love him as the Green Goblin. Yeah. He's so perfect. But I think there are other takes on Norman Osborn that, like, you could you could play with. Um, I mean, is there any the reason to think like... they won't introduce a new Norman Osborn? It's been 20 years. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's been a while. It's been a long time. And also, that was, like, such a specific take on him. You know, he has the, like, wild-eyed mania of the, like, the, you know, he's hearing voices and stuff. And that is, like, a Norman Osborn we have, but Norman Osborn also can be pretty cold and calculated. Yeah, right. Like, 11-year-old me loved that movie. Loved it. Yeah. Um, but now I view Norman Osborn differently than I did, did yeah. then, yeah. right? Um, hashtag since past. So I, I would Ooh. say... Oh, yeah. like, oh, pl oh, there we go. Perfect. Adapt since past. <laughs> no, not... <laughs> that would be oh, I'm glad, genuinely I'm glad incredible. An incredible choice. Um, the one, the one actual element from Spider-Man Three that is Venom. Uh, Venom, I, as far as I can understand it, could not be in the MCU with the Sony Marvel situation. Right? It's already yeah. got. It's been in Spider-Man Three, and it's got its own ongoing with Tom Hardy. That's actually kind of a bummer. I think Venom in the MCU would actually be yeah. getting to Asian Venom, that sort of thing, could be very, very fun. And I'm guessing they won't be able to do that. So Asian Venom. 
<laughs> I mean, first off, why not? Second off, agent. Uh, 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 okay. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I, I don't know about that. All right. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh, um, I mean, we're going to get Blade, I guess. I guess. I don't know how. Just because a movie Blade happened in the past doesn't mean that. Like, Elektra had a movie and was in that bad Daredevil. Yeah. But you can have Elektra again, I think, right? She, or she's been in the yeah. Netflix stuff, obviously. I guess yeah. to that degree, like the Netflix. No, nah, I, w- I wouldn't sacrifice the Netflix Daredevil stuff just to have Daredevil in the MCU because then I wouldn't have known oh. how much I like Charlie Cox as that character uh, in that, that also very so good easy. series that yeah. nobody here would disagree with. So, all right, what's next? Sure. Uh, Justin writes, what up, suckers? One, RE, the Toad, Frogman, and Spider-Man issue. If you had to be an animal-themed character that hasn't been taken yet, what animal would you be? I would be a dolphin man. That's Justin, not me. Oh, um, I, I, I did an think that was here. your answer. So good clarification. Okay. I got a, I got an answer here. Yeah. Um, I'm disgusted by how much um, milk as an adult that Dave drinks. It really bothers me. He sends me pictures of it all the time. But if he's going to S- drink someone's sends milk. Sends you is a generous way to describe you uh, stealing my email password by guessing password number one and, and taking all <laughs> of those candidates off my computer. That's a generous way to uh, describe sense. I mean, I think you just mean subscribing to your OnlyFans and uh, and all the milk pictures you posted. When you asked if okay. you could subscribe to my Gmail, I didn't realize I was giving you access to my personal email account. I thought that meant something else entirely. So, I would be a cow man in order to, if you're going to drink anyone's milk, let it be mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Yeah, I think that's okay. I've always wanted that could do. experience between yeah. friends. Um, well, that's yes. that's pretty nice yeah. of you uh, to to offer your milk to us all. Thank you. Yeah, because well, here, here's my thought is it's going to be kind of like the um, that fifth scroll or the scrolls that get turned into a cow. It's going to start morphing you. And eventually our opinions, our takes are just going to like they're just going to line right up. We're going to be on the exact same wavelength. Yeah. Until like the since past episode is just two guys agreeing that this is good comics. Two guys drinking each other's milk and talking <laughs> comics. <laughs> Sounds right. you, about you right. It's a, weird, it's a question, weird question if you didn't prepare a joke answer. Uh, my answer, you had a perfect answer, so I'm almost hesitant to even say anything, but uh, mine would be Narwhal. Uh, a Narwhal man, I think, would be extremely fun mm-hmm. and uh, a pretty good series. Plus, love that nose. Always have. Yeah, Narwhals are also mammals, so I would drink your milk, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you mm-hmm. for asking. I didn't have to ask. I knew. Yeah. Uh, two, he writes, Seth Green is the voice of Rick Jones in the TV show Hulk and Agents of Smash. This is both whiny and very on brand. <laughs> what would your ideal Rick Jones casting voice casting be? Um, I got Rick an answer Jones. for this. Seth Green seems like a pretty good choice. Oh, I got a better one. Oh, I got, I got one. Up. Actually, let me, uh, off the top of my head, uh, the guy who starred in Book of Mormon, who was also on Girls. I don't know his name. Adam Driver? No, he was the lead in Book of Mormon. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yes. yes I'll look yes, it up yes. while you do yours. Yeah. Um, oh, so mine is uh, Logan Paul, the uh, the YouTube guy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just just really lean into like, yeah, uh, you look at him and you feel revulsed. Um, repulsed? Revulsed? Revulsion. You feel revulsion. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, you know, just like really lean into that kind of like, yeah, one of the most hated, easy to hate men on Earth. Voice one of the most easy to hate characters on Earth. Uh, that seems harsh and wrong. I would go with Andrew Scott Reynolds, the American actor, voice actor, and singer. I like that choice. Are you standing Logan Paul here? You sticking up for Logan Paul? Please. You know what? I saw a video of him right in the aftermath of, uh, the, the George Floyd murder. And Uh he was generally well-spoken. And it's the only thing I've ever seen of him. But it was that a was pretty good uh, explanation of white privilege and uh, a call to anti-racism. So I appreciated was, that. I don't yes. know his history, so I can't pretend. Oh, he's to, the guy who just really like went and filmed a dead body of someone like who can. Yeah, I heard that story. And, like, put it yeah, on that his blog, was, and and then yeah. I mean, if you just watch him, he is oof rough. But no, no, I gotta. You're right. Like, give him a ton of credit for that because that was a good message to his million teenage fans and it was like a very staunch like anti-racist stand i was yeah i was impressed with that that was a real like have you seen that onion article of like oh no the worst person you know just made a great point (laughs) (laughs) that was a real real case there you go uh and then he asked that was rick jones shining moment absolutely justin if you put a justin asked if you put a hot dog oh wait 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 hang on before you do this i got it i do have to say with my so like since you're describing somebody that you really don't like as rick jones i want to be clear i really like 
<laughs> the actor I said. Yeah, and no, he's I think great he's on a great girls. performer, yeah. and I yeah, yeah. I like Rick Jones more than you. So I want to be clear about that. Okay. He's very he's very funny on girls. Yeah. Um, he says if you put a hot dog between two burger patties, is it considered a sandwich? I don't care. This yeah, I don't care about boring. this debate either. I will say a hot dog is, is its own soup, thing. Soup, cereal, blah blah blah. I definitely Throw think a hot dog nerds. is its own thing. Uh, yeah. If it if it's if you can't replace the meat and still have it be a sandwich, yeah, or, or, hang on, I'm saying this wrong. A hot dog honestly, is I... a, a hot dog on a bun with all the toppings. So you got a poppy mm-hmm. seed bun, you got mustard, you got no ketchup, you got relish, you got tomatoes, and you probably got onions. If you throw like ham in that, it's not still a hot dog. Therefore, the two things yeah. are not equivalent. Uh huh. Right? I don't know, man. I'm like I'm zoned out of this. I just this is like the the least interesting. I don't know. We we get into our sandwich arguments in the Slack a lot. I mean, what is like... this? This is a John uh John Hodgman thing. Is that where this comes from? I don't know. I, I think it know. is. This is, and I'm sure he has answered this question much better than anyone. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, all right, thanks, Justin. You got two out of three good ones there, and one that damned you. <laughs> nice try, Slugger. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I think that's it for questions. Uh, before we start our my marvelous hero, heroes and villains, I want to list off a bunch. I, I haven't done this, gone through like the whole list of characters yeah. in a while, and I want to yeah. thank everybody. So I've got Dan. Can you explain Keith, what the this is, please? Talking. Oh, yeah, we uh, at a certain backing level on Patreon, you get we create a character for you, and then we'll do little updates for them on occasion. And uh, they're heroes and they're villains, and they have backstories and villains and fun little adventures. Um, so uh, these are the people who have backed us at the $10 or higher level. Dan Heath, the Terrible Toffeen, Stephen Taylor, the Naysayer, Peter Parsons, the Colossal Trickman, CJ Petrus, the Backup Generator, Kurt Matzenbacher, the Reflector, Aaron Killingsworth, Overwhelm, Ben Grieving, the Laughing Knight... Johannes Kuter. God, I always stumble on his last name. Uh, Tiny Vampire. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I, I th- is he in the Slack right now? He might, or in the chat? Maybe he can tell us. Give us um, a pronunciation, Kyle... if you would. Please. Yeah. Kyle Grazan, the Blue Flamingo. Jorg Eitner, Son of Son of God. Eric Hodges, Silver Cerebellum. Austin Hurling. Fever Baby. Justin Wollenhop. KOS. Braylon. Gravian. Which, oh, I actually should call out, uh, Braylon, I think I did a, a little, uh, Gravian, um, like, cameo in the last, it was, uh, it was for, who was it? It was for Ollie Fortune. I had Gravian make a little guest appearance in that one, and I didn't call out her name, so I'm sorry, Braylon. Um, Nate Champion, Long Distance, Madi, Holy Diver, Jose Rojas, the DM, Kyle Still, Tarvillian, Dave Coleman, the Irishman. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, Rick Vat- Radville, Madam Butterfly, Dan Molden, Dr. General, Alex Bykov, Ollie Fortune, and Ewan Slevin, Sequence Jones. Okay. So thank you to all of our Slack patrons. Or Slack Absolutely. Pa- uh, thank you to everybody who supported patron, us. It means Patreon a ton, patrons. and this has been a weird, wild thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's fun. Sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah. I cr- I was telling somebody who uh, I caught up with a friend that I haven't like talked to in a couple of years, and like they had no context like that I was doing a podcast and I'm involved with any of this, and I was like explaining it to them. They didn't know and you they, were a celebrity uh, now. Yeah, right. And they he was like, oh, a book club. Like, maybe I'll join. And I like invited him into the Slack book club. He joined and said hello. And then immediately Peter said hello, which it's Peter, a.k.a. the Colossal Chick Man. Yeah. Just greet, greeted somebody. And I didn't even tell him what the Slack was. I was just like, yeah, I'm doing a book club in the Slack. So all of a sudden, all these people with these like superheroes are saying hello. And I had to explain like, oh, no, we create these characters. And like, yeah, it is kind of surreal sometimes. Like, yeah, they have art for them. And, you know, they're. They have stories? Yeah, it's fun. All right, uh, I think you should go first because mine is one big one. Mine's one you big have... one, too. Look at is us. It? Oh, okay. Drinking each other's milk, talking for a long time at night. Talking about our big Doing ones. one big ones oh. <laughs> together. Yeah. Uh, okay, right. mine is an update. Is yours new or an update? It's a mix. A mix? Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Some some new people. Okay, yeah. I'll do mine then. Um, okay, this begins as an update for the Tar Hellion. So thank you for your support, Tarhelion, supporting us over at patreon.com slash this year. So, all right, last time we met Tarhelion, uh, we saw him save Earth from aliens and become a celebrity. Now, he saved the Earth from aliens using his uh, pretty incredible powers that he has accumulated as a college student, wherein he, uh, when he steps onto a basketball court, he grows mm-hmm. extremely long horns on top of his head, 
And uh, he also, when he uh, makes a sick crossover move, it literally stops time uh, for him, mm-hmm. right? And he can blow and past he people. Score and score. so many points on the Monstars. It, who are the... No, these are aliens, Zach. You're, oh, okay. you're confusing oh. genres here. Um, this is Sorry. a very serious story, and that's kind of a cartoon for kids. Thank you. Uh, so he's like become <laughs> a bit of a celebrity now. Everybody loves the Tarhelion. And uh, he tries out for the NBA. So he's like, I want to, you know, make some make some money off this, right? And uh, the league, uh, they watch him play, and they're like, this is absurd. Like, his team's winning, you know, 98-4 to in some of these games. Like, this is completely killing competition. So within, like, before the season even begins, during the summer months, he's playing in, like, you know, uh, summer league games. And they, they put in what's called the stilts rules. And they put these into effect so that there are no <laughs> superpowers allowed or stilts on the court. I do want to be clear uh, during league games. Okay, so they put these rules into effect, and effectively, he's banned from league play. Like he tries to play using not using his powers, but one, the horns come out when he steps on the court, no matter what. He can't really control that. Um, so people think he's using powers, even if he's not. Plus, he's actually not that good. <laughs> like, like he's decent, but you know, like if I just stepped out an NBA court right now, probably I'm scoring four points a game tops. You know what I mean, right? I, I think I could at least oh, hit a three yeah. Oh, yeah. in an NBA yeah, game. Sure. And then uh-huh. I assume one free throw. I'm sure I'd get fouled. So, anyway. <laughs> the hubris. My God. Kyle's perfor- I, I do have this thing. I don't know if I've told you this. I assume uh-huh. that I could beat literally anyone writing about comics in a game of one-on-one basketball. <laughs> <laughs> that's... That is my standing assumption funny, yeah, that until proven yeah, wrong, funny. will uh, will I will maintain. So that's anywho, a very old fashioned idea of like comic book readers. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, from all walks of life, I'm sure it doesn't hold up. Anyway, uh, so his his endorsements fairly quickly dry up, you know, after this point. And ten years later, he's out of shape. He's uh, he's you know bitter about what happened according to the Stoltz rules, and he's broke. Right. And he's sitting at home and doesn't have much going on. And uh, and the Tar Hellion is pretty bummed out. So while this is happening, um, you know, around this time, all of a sudden these ballin' aliens return. And now they are returning at the behest of their cosmic patrons, KOS and MS-DOS, two individuals who we may remember from the My Marvelous Year Club. They make mm-hmm. an announcement, KOS and MS-DOS, via every voice speaker system and mobile phone in the world which they can easily hack to say people of earth our ball and aliens have returned we would like to witness the greatest game your people can provide and if you provide us with a game worthy of our talents and our our skills we will leave you peacefully okay so this is i mean god just apologies in advance but it's a real show us what you got sorry i I did a rick and morty reference there and i feel really ashamed of it but what does that mean? Move it along? No, that's... Uh, okay, if you haven't seen it. That's, no, that's I watched... the, you're describing the plot of a Rick and Morty episode. Oh, for real? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bunch of aliens who show up and are like, uh, please do the uh, uh, you, the best concert you can put on for us. Okay, sure. Keep saying, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. a thing that happens before Rick and Morty. Yeah. Not, not everything so cycles sorry, through everyone. that show, Zach. I know you think it's the smartest show to ever exist. You just don't that get point. it because you don't understand nihilism, man. Which is the only, like, facts, logic, smart stuff, um, mm-hmm. being a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so the KOS and MS-DOS are now these patrons of Cosmic Sports. And, you know, Tarhelion, the world is crawl- crying out for him to return, right? They're, they're all looking up and they're saying, Tarhelion, where are you? Save us. And he looks down and he whispers, uh, no, no, thank you. No, thanks. I'm good. And he eats some more pizza, right? He doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, and okay. uh, so all the NBA players, LeBron James, um, everyone else, they go and they challenge the ball and aliens, and they get clobbered. They're just not good enough. Um, I'm sorry to say Michael Jordan comes out of retirement, uh, but as we all saw in the last dance, you know, like he's not the same, right? You know, you know, you don't necessarily want to be like Mike at this point. Uh, that, so anyway, the they're Marcus losing Scorsese these basketball documentary? games. What? Uh, the band? Yeah, yeah, you saw the Chicago Bulls uh, band documentary. They're yeah. they're a pretty famous uh, bar blues blues band in uh, late eighties Chicago. <laughs> yep, they're pretty good. Like their albums are, are quite underrated. Um, they play the oh, same yeah. riff, you know, over and over. But it, you know, it's it's decent stuff. Uh, but anyway, KOS he's very disappointed in the caliber of game. But for but for the the 
words and the prevention of MS-DOS, he would have sabotaged and, and devastated this planet in a fit of rage. But of course, MS-DOS uh, kind of, you know, curbs his inclination to vaporize opponents, but barely. Things are looking desperate, okay? So then we move on to the next section of the story on the back of my paper where, uh, so it, uh, KOS injects um, some advertisements he, in, in, into the proceeding. He puts a bunch of social media ads targeting former NBA burnouts that can't play because of the stilts rules. He has very specific demographic settings on his advertisements, and he can advertise however he wants because there are very minimal regulations in this industry. Kyle is held under the sway of one of these powerful ads, and he has no choice but to go play because advertising works, people. So Tarhelion shows up, and he realizes that actually this ad has reached other people as well, okay? Uh, there's uh, a few other basketball players that show up with powers of their own. There's the Blue Weevil, who has a very long nose, which can reach up and poke the ball in. So any ball that's, like, bouncing around the rim, boom, nose taps it in very easily. There's the yellow Hackett, mm -hmm. which uh, he can vary without touching anything. He can be on a basketball court, not have a phone in his hand, hack your phone, release your nudes to the public, and it's very distracting when you're trying to play a game. Very distracting mm -hmm. to have your nudes dropped like, mid-game. Yeah, because like if, say, you were on the court, you'd just hear, Dave, and you'd look up and people would be like brandishing glasses of milk, just being like, we know. Yeah. We know. Yeah, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh no, they got my nudes. Exactly. They got my milk nudes again. Uh, there's the golf pack. Seen, sorry, the, the baseball episode of The Simpsons, <laughs> which is one of my favorite favorite episodes of that, where they're uh, Bart and Lisa are just standing in the uh, the audience going Daryl to Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, uh, and it would just eventually make him start crying like silently in the outfield. <laughs> it's a great episode. Poor Daryl. Sorry, this has been. One joke I like from The Simpsons. Yeah, Zach. I do like that segment. <laughs> uh, there's Golf Pack, who requires no explanation. And then there's the Terror Finn, uh, whose fin is uh, scary as heck. Scary-looking fin, right? You don't want to guard that guy, okay? Uh -huh. So KOS, okay. these these individuals all play the ball and aliens, and they win pretty easily. Or not super easily. You know, it's still a good game, right? Would have been it made a decent movie. And KOS takes this new team to travel in space and challenge uh, alien civilizations in cosmic games of sports. So now the Tarhelion and this new basketball team, which we are calling the KOS Creamers, are traveling the starways in the galaxy to challenge uh, the world, the cosmics, the cosmoses uh, sports scene. There you have it. Two and one, baby. <laughs> My Marvelous Year, two and one. I'm going to one that up with three and one. All right, we're at DungeonCon 2020. It is. The only convention not canceled this year, and it's totally safe because this is my fantasy world. Um, Sounds like it. So we have. Let me just think about. It. Okay, Jose Rojas, the the DM, is living up to his namesake here. And if we, uh, if you remember him, he was given powers to bring his character sheets to life by the Reflector. He's at this dungeon con for one reason. He, he's he's there posing as uh, as like a guest DM. Which is something uh, some people in our Slack actually do go to conventions and like DM games for strangers, which is pretty impressive. To you me. can direct message games. Um, and he, I mean, that's it's not even a joke. What? <laughs> <It's> nothing. Don't <laughs> call my good like, joke not a joke. That that acronym means something. How else. dare you call that uh, bad pun not a joke? Oh, everyone is booing you in the the chat. Everyone, they're yeah. booing. Their boos are deafening. Let me just add mine right there. Okay, so um. He's there not to DM a game, but oh, you can direct message revenge. a game. He's not there to GM a game. What? He's there General to Motors. I was gonna say pause for Dave to think of a new joke. Didn't take long. Um, Quick. He's there Quick to get away. his revenge on the creators of Ogres and Oubliettes, his favorite tabletop role playing game. They just put out the second edition, and they ruined it. They just ruined it. Now mm. it used to be for hardcore gamers only. Now it's for filthy casuals. It's like they're trying to make it welcoming. <laughs> Casuals, jeez. They're trying to make it open and welcoming to newcomers. Oh. And, you know, oh. welcome to a diverse group, quote unquote. I mean, and this this just makes him mad beyond reason. He's furious. Like, this is his game. How dare other people try to play his game and get okay. on it. So he's here to get his revenge. He's sitting there. The convention's filling up. He pulls out his player sheets, his character sheets. Suddenly, a wizard, a barbarian, and a rogue burst in a smoke, in a flash of, a flash of smoke? Yeah, yeah flash, flash of, smoke. of smoke. You can have flashy smoke. Yeah. 
and these three characters start, you know, just causing chaos in the room. And uh, and he's sicking them on, you know, the the, the designers of uh, Ogres and Oubliettes version two. They're just barely getting away from him. Guess who's sitting one table over? It's Dave Coleman, the Irishman. Oh. He's there. He's there just to play a simple game of Ogres and Oubliettes version two, which he thinks has a lot of improvements. Dave looks at what's happening. He sees the chaos around him. He knows about his powers. All he has to say is, what, what is it? Something like, does he end it with I wish? It's, a, oh, it's yeah, in I the wish, name. man. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, he knows he has the power to stop this, but who knows what the repercussions are going to be. If he says, I need to stop this man, I need to stop the DM, I wish, who knows how long, how much of his life will get sucked away. He's already lost too much. Like, what what violence will be wrought if he says this? But he decides, you know, he can't, with great power comes great responsibility. He can't just let people get hurt. So he says, I need to stop this man. I wish, man. Bam, blackout. Everything goes dark for him. Who knows how much time is going by? A couple minutes? A week? Is this a lifelong crusade against the DM? He flashes back into existence. The stadium is empty. The, the, the convention center is empty now, except for him and the DM, who's sitting next to him. They're sharing a couple sodas. And the DM's like, you're right, man. You're right. I was just pro- I was projecting on these guys. It's, it's really about me and my fear of opening up. Like... I know. I, I just didn't want to get rejected, and I think thought the more people that came into my game, I always viewed it as my game and my special thing. But it's not, and I got to share that with people. And Dave's like, "I know you're gonna you're gonna get there. It's just gonna take some work." And he's like, "I know. I got to do this work." And they they hug. There's a little bit of tears, and they walk out. And he looks at his watch. It's been 20 minutes. And uh, Dave Coleman, the Irishman, saves the day through uh, through kind words to uh, to Jose Rojas, the DM. Rojas, the DM. Um, flashback. From this moment, about an hour, before the DM unleashed hell on the convention center, mm-hmm. Dave Coleman is sitting at a table. Guess who he's sitting with? Uh, I would guess the DM? Nope. Different table. He's sitting with our good friend, Stephen Cohen. Uh, and Stephen is, this... is sitting there. Is it... He is not a character. Oh, he's not uh, a character. Okay. okay. He's not a character yet. And uh, Stephen, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. uh, this is a surprise character for Stephen. Justin has been uh, in a flashback, no to... less. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So same same scene, same moment. Uh, Justin has been kind enough to commission a bunch of new characters. So uh, this is one for Stephen. Stephen's uh, he's a little down on his luck lately. He's uh, do you know the acronym NEET? N e e t. He's not in education, employment, or training. Uh, you know, he's just got his GED. He's not. He's had a hard time holding down a, a steady job. Um, but he's here just for a day, you know, to kind of relax and play some games, get away from it all for a minute. But this guy, Dave, Dave, who's sitting across the table from him, he's got this uh, this Irish accent, and uh, the, the guy's just kind of irritating him. Um, like he uh, he's got a cold, obviously. You know, he's just like, why are you here, man? You're going to get some people sick. At one point, Dave Coleman, like, he sneezes. He kind of tries to cover it up his elbow. But, like, Steven just feels like the sneeze hit him. Hit him oh. right inside the face. Oh. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it's irresponsible. In this day Unacceptable. and Unacceptable. Dave, come on. I mean, the thing about Dave, too, he's a doctor. He should know better. <laughs> That's a real fact <laughs> about Dave. Um, anyway, the DM unleashes his monsters. Steven goes running from the auditorium with the rest of the crowd. He gets out safely. He goes home. What a crazy experience. Here's the thing, though. That sneeze, it didn't infect him with any kind of illness, but it did infect him with a little bit of good luck and wish fulfillment, like what Dave Coleman has, unbeknownst to him. So he goes back to work the next day, and, uh, and he works as a gas station attendant, and he is just, his efficiency is sky high. He's just like, he's pumping gas like it's nobody's business. Somehow he's getting the pumps to pump gas twice as fast as they normally do. He, like, ties them together, right? He loops one around the other. They're pulling each other, right? Mm -hmm. Then they're, like, you know, squirting out of their own accord. It's autonomous. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Easy to understand visual. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, But you know what? His boss is a jerk. He decides he quits. Last day on the job, he's doing great. His boss is still riding him. He quits the job. He goes and gets another job. This time, um, this time is just uh, a uh, um, like a data clerk, just like a data entry job. Kills it. He can type 200 words per minute. He's never been able to type more than like 15 before. What is it? All of a sudden, whatever job he has, he's incredible, outstanding, the best at whatever job he just got hired at. And he's like, all right, I gotta, I'll, 
I guess I got to get a job that's going to benefit me. What can I do? I'm going to become a security guard. You know, I think I can get that job. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to be like unstoppable, right? I'll be like a super cop. He gets a security go- job at uh, at a pharmacy, like a, a chain pharmacy. <laughs> can, I, can I also say, read the room, Stephen? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he's just like, yeah, this is going to be great. Turns out he doesn't turn into a super cop. All he does is just uh, just get poor people arrested for stealing medicine. And like by by the time he uh, you know like gets his third person arrested, he's just like, man, this sucks. I'm just uh, you know I'm protecting capital for the man. This sucks. So he quits that job. Uh, he's like, all right, how can I benefit from this? He gets a job as a bank teller. All right, I'm gonna be good with money. No, he's just good at counting money. That doesn't do anything. So Stephen Cohen, he needs to get a good job. He's got no education, but he will be incredible at a job. And he thinks there's a way for him to milk this for something someday. If only he knew and, how uh, to dream bigger. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he still has to get the job. That's the big problem right now. No, that's fair. So, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can't just be... Because, I mean, you know, they don't know. on Wall Street, right? Yeah, get a job as a, a stock uh, stockbroker. Like, he's going to be great at that, but he can't just walk in and get that job. So, uh, Stephen Cohen, the journeyman. The journeyman. Did you just name him after yourself? After your own nickname you've given yourself? No, and it doesn't even really make sense because a journeyman is like an intermediate, you know? <laughs> it's like apprentice journeyman master. But It makes I a lot of sense to me. Uh, it I just sounds think. cooler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So. Love it. Dang. Look at us. Integrated yeah. stories, doing uh, bad comic specials and variants all in one tight, tight, concise package. What a, what a my marvelous treat. I would say thanks everybody who joined us on the live stream. Uh, these are always super fun to do. Um, and you know, obviously like I'm my own biggest critic as I think we all just heard. So, uh, we'll, we'll listen back and get this out for the, uh, for the customers as well. Uh, you can find music for my marvelous year by disaster piece, anywhere you like to listen to music. You can find all the comics we're going to be reading in the show notes. And, uh, if you're interested in doing things like participating in the my marvelous year shared universe, or uh, even joining these live streams, you get a little heads up. Um, you can go on over to patreon.com slash year. I'm Dave. You can find my work at compocarol.com. He's Zach. You can find his work uh, in the state of mind that allows you to know what he does. And I'm not going to tell you, you creeps. Stop digging, right? Get off my back. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I forgot saying. that this is a uh, an audio medium and I just stared at you <laughs> while you were saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we're good, right? Anything else? No, no that's it for me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, we will see you next oh, year. Oh, wait, no, I do have one thing. Oh, Secret Wars Abby. 2 is coming up. Don't read any more than you have to, please. Have we not released that? No, I don't think that that's out yet. That's the last thing for this year. Oh. Uh, no, I mean, you have to read the issues that are in the in the, nah. the list no you read a wikipedia page no what stop it no end the episode okay, after well, i said you telling you this because i disagree you, with everything you're saying and then you're gonna hear the episode and dave's just gonna hate it and then all right all right see you next year read the comics see you next year <laughs> was that supposed to be me <laughs> yeah i don't know oh jeez. all right see you next year guys uh-huh.